You are listening to episode eight of the Industrial Tradition podcast. Today we are talking with Cayman. He is a longtime friend of mine. He is a welder who's done a lot of different things, learned a lot of different things. He's now working pipeline, but he hasn't always. So I can't wait to share his story with you. He is also newly married and living separate because he's off working and she is in school in Arizona. So they're living apart. They're making it work. And we jump into that at the end. So we're going to talk about welding, welding as a trade, all different types of work and how to keep work and the differences between that and pipeline work. And then obviously getting into the relationship stuff at the end. We believe that ordinary people's stories are the ones that need to be told. We want to meet you in the trenches of everyday life and say, me too. Pipeline families, farmers, ranchers, makers, mothers, mechanics, truckers, welders, and alike are all welcome here. Industrial Tradition is a brand dedicated to celebrating you and the way you live life. I'm Kayla, creator of Industrial Tradition and your host. I love that our community is filled full of people with tough roots and wild dreams. This is our community kitchen table. Show up here to talk shop, tell soul-filled stories, share your best advice, and shake hands with folks living on hard work and faith, just like you. Hey, Cayman. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. So we were having some technical difficulties. We're just on audio. (laughs) For anybody who's watching on YouTube, Cayman looks like a green phone, but it's fine. We're rolling with it because that's what we do around here. (laughs) So kind of set the scene since we can't see you. You are, by the way, I'm kind of bummed that the video didn't work. You might have to FaceTime me later because I was wanting to see your camper. Okay, I can do that. So you're in your camper, right? You just got off work. Yep. And where are you about, like location-wise? Right right now, I am staying 25 miles from Douglas. Okay, cool. That's like a bigger town, Douglas is. Pretty much right between Douglas and Casper, and both of those are larger towns. Okay, cool. So that would have been right where I drove through coming home from the wedding. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. It's beautiful there. Yeah, it really is. And weather's been great so far. A little on the warm side, but definitely can't complain. Oh, that's awesome. By the way, if you guys don't follow our vlogs, and if you don't know Cayman, which we're going to introduce him here in a little bit, but he just got married. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I definitely could be happier. We'll definitely have to talk about that because you guys are doing not exactly like what Austin and I did, but you guys, (laughs) you guys are separate soon after you got married. And that feels so much like what we did that it's great. (laughs) So we'll definitely have something to talk about. Before we got started with this, I told people kind of who you were and like that we've been friends for a long time. So I guess we could kind of get started. How did you get into welding? I guess it was just kind of an interest of mine. My grandpa had just kind of a small hobby farm, I would say. Had some cows growing up and primarily just horses. Mm -hmm. So 
had lots of pipe fence, corrals, barns, things like that, that needed welding along with farm equipment and stuff. So it definitely kind of sparked my interest from a young age. And also my dad, he had a manufacturing company that built smokers. And I started out mowing his lawn at his work and went from there all the way to welling and basically everything that we built there. And that's the Cayman. Well, I guess you started that in high school, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Like, was that before you got into ag and like power and tech and all that type of stuff in high school? Or was it like right about that time whenever you were a little bit older? Yeah, I would say it was right about that time. I think I started working for him when I was 14, mowing, doing stuff like that and sweeping the shop, just doing little jobs and kind of worked my way from there. Let's see here. Whenever I first met you would have been in the eighth grade and you were mowing lawns then, right? For work after school. Yep. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite memories is Austin, who you guys know, that's my husband. And Austin was riding his BMX bike and you were on your mower because you lived right (laughs) down from the school. That's right. <laughs> it was my only way of transportation at the time to mow lawns. Yeah, whenever you, you're not 16, but you have a mower for mowing lawns, like you just ride the mower to and from the job. That's exactly right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You've always been like such a hard worker. Austin and I talk about that all the time. And I think that plays into a lot of the success that you've had. So I have to mention that because literally came in, was hustling lawn work before he was old enough to drive and like only had a mower. I love it. So you were doing the smokers and did you do that all the way through high school? Cause you were still doing that whenever we graduated, right? Yes. Yeah. I was doing that. And also there was a guy, me and Austin actually worked for at Enid and we helped build a bunch of corrals and stuff for, a feedlot out in Lamont, Oklahoma, and we built some fences out in Enid and even went to Kiowa, Kansas and built some fence for some people. So I was kind of bouncing between doing the smoker thing and also having a rig truck trying to hustle up as much side work as I could at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you start putting your rig truck together? I... Bought my first truck set up as a rig truck when I was 17 and just kind of worked on it from there. And being a broke high school student, couldn't have a lot, but I knew it was what I wanted to do. And pretty much any money I made, whether it was mowing lawns or welding on smokers or side jobs, I was putting it towards buying tools. Yes. Yeah. Man, I remember those days so much. So you started that whenever you were 17, because I thought you and Austin were like kind of on the same track, right? You guys kind of started and did all that at the same time. Yes. Okay. That's what I kind of thought. And you and Austin were roommates for a while. Yeah, we were roommates for for a year, I guess it was. Yeah. 
back in our party days, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, shoot. We have, like, been friends for so long, it always blows my mind. I don't know why. You know, I get nostalgic about that stuff, but it's just so cool to be, like, still be in contact and not just contact, but, like, friends with somebody that you knew from the eighth grade. Like, we've all changed and done so many things. I don't know. I just think it's so much fun. Well, and we've all stayed very close with each other. I mean, we might not talk every day, but I would say at least once a month, one of us will call each other and talk for two to three hours at a time. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. I never like, I didn't stay, none of us really did stayed in contact with very many people, but I'm glad that like all of us have, because it's just so cool to be able to have friends that like knew you back then and like went with you through all the things and like still accept you for like who you are. And, you know, I just feels crazy now that I'm sitting here talking about this for everybody to hear that. Like I knew you back whenever you first started putting together your rig truck. And that was so many years ago. So. Well, I definitely say it gives us all an appreciation for each other because we know where we all started and we all could be proud of what we've become in in the time. Yeah. And we were all very similar in the sense that like we kind of went out and found our own things and like chased those. Like, no, we don't necessarily do exactly what our family did or whatever. And I think that that's probably binds us together too a little bit. Definitely. I mean, because if it were up to my parents plan, then I would have got an education and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm -hmm. But I had my sights set on something different and we all did. And that's definitely why we're banded together and we'll be for life. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you mentioned that because that's so true, you know, which my brother ended up taking like a similar path, not still now, but back then. And, you know, I didn't know very much about welding and like pipeline, really any just like welding as a trade whenever I was, younger and even like through high school until I like really got to know you guys and got to hearing about it. And I just think that you and Austin, Rodney as well, and even Colt are all like such great examples of people who you guys knew that school, like continued education, like college wasn't right for you, but you also didn't just say, oh, I'm going to go like learn this trade at tech school and then I'm just going to get this mediocre job and I'm going to accept like whatever life falls into my lap. And that's not at all what you guys did. You guys took it and you ran with it. And I just think that you guys set such a good example for that, that I hope that more people will follow because you guys really made something of it well i know there's something me and austin talked about a long time ago because we've always had this vision of becoming rig welders you know whether it was pipeline or whatever it may be we wanted to be rig welders we knew that much and we wouldn't take no for an answer and that's just what we set our sights on and there's nothing wrong with working in a shop or anything like that but it's it just wasn't for us and you know, it took a long time for both of us to finally get to that point to, I guess, for someone to give us a chance to break out. Because I know we were ready for a very long time and just didn't get the opportunity. But, you know, it's all in the right timing. And, right. 
you know, the rest is history. But like you're saying, you guys set yourself up for it and you weren't taking no, like you guys both had rig trucks, but were working shop jobs and taking side work and like building those contacts. And like, I don't know. I just think that that's so cool. And like, that's really what it takes. That's not the only way to get in, but I mean, that's a lot of people are going to experience that, that, and don't give up. Like if you're in a shop right now and you want to be a rig welder, it's totally possible. Definitely. You know, I know we were ready to go work on the road the day we graduated high school and it didn't pan out that way for either one of us. I mean, me and Austin both were working shop jobs, like you said, and doing side jobs, getting to use our rig trucks and gaining experience doing other things, which, I mean, experience is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it took us probably at least two more years after we graduated before we both, and I mean, it was basically the exact same time we both got the opportunity to jump out there and start using our rig trucks full time. And, you know, that, that would be my advice for somebody is don't give up and just work hard and stay on track with your goals and you can find the right opportunity in time. Yeah. You really just kind of have to be stubborn, you know, however long it takes, it's different for everybody. You know, don't put a time limit on it and just say like, this is where I am, but this is the end goal and you know, fall where it may, but like, that's where I'm going to end up type thing. What was your first job out of the shop working, making a living with your rig truck for the first time? Kind of a family friend called, knew I was looking looking to break out, looking for some work, gave me the opportunity. And I went to work there right before Thanksgiving and it was supposed to only last till like February. So not a real long job, mm-hmm. but that turned into seven days a week for about a year. And I could still be working there if I wanted to be. And I learned a ton of things from him and from the job. Mm -hmm. What was the primary, like, what was the thing that they were kind of like known for, did, or that you did for them primarily? We built service equipment for the oil field, built like pump trucks, frack units. We would change out like old pulling units, take the derricks off of trucks and put them on new trucks. We would take a semi and stretch it however long the bed or whatever was going to go on it we would stretch them to fit lots and lots of fabrication both structural and pipe welding on it as well for suction lines and discharges but yeah that's pretty much what we did so you worked for them and then what came next i worked there for a year full-time and then even worked part-time when they needed an extra hand for couple years afterwards but I got the opportunity to go test for one oak in the 2010 around 2011 went and tested for one oak and went to work for a kind of a local pipeline contractor and only worked one job with them and got laid off welded an 18 inch road bore for them because of that that led to getting called 
to go to work for another local contractor. We did some work for one oak in Oklahoma Natural Gas. I did that for another six months. It's like once you get your foot in the door, then it kind of is like a domino effect. And I got a question today, and the question was, why does Austin not work in Oklahoma? It was good timing since we were chatting today, because that is one difference is you were able to stay around home. And one thing that I told them is sometimes it's by choice, but it's not always by choice. And sometimes what happens is that, you know, you go work on a job like for Austin, it was out of state. And then he met people on that job. And then a lot of times the job that you get next is from those people, you know, especially there at the beginning because your contact list isn't so big. So it's not like you're calling people from three jobs ago because there wasn't three jobs ago. There was only one job ago, you know? And so then you get in like these clicks and they're not necessarily clicks where like people don't talk to one another but it's just a domino effect of like you end up working with a lot of the same people or their contacts and consequently in the same area for similar companies. And I feel like that's kind of maybe what you're even talking about here that kind of happened as a domino effect of like finding different jobs here around home. Yeah. I mean, it's all on where you get your start from, like you say, and how you get your contacts. And that's, kind of how I did the stair step changing jobs. I worked for three different contractors right there in Oklahoma. The last one I worked for, I think I put in five years with them. It was a great job, really. I mean, they don't pay as much as working on the road, but with the other benefits that go with it, it kind of equals itself out. And That's why I stayed as long as I did. Right. And like the other thing that I remember us all having a conversation about after we had been on the road for a couple of years, and I feel like you've always kind of toyed with the idea of like traveling. And I remember us, I don't remember if that's what sparked the conversation or me and Austin just like had an epiphany and told you about it. But it was that idea of like, it really does cost more whenever you're on the road. Stuff that you don't think about, you know, like just like me coming back and forth to home, that's a lot of miles on a truck and a lot of diesel that I wouldn't have spent, you know, to our personal expenses if Austin worked at home, you know? And it's literally just stuff like that adds up so fast. The other thing that we've talked about before, I think, is consistency in pay. Like you worked for that one place for five years, you were basically guaranteed a check every month or week or however often you got paid. Yeah, exactly. We got paid weekly and we were basically guaranteed 40 hours a week, you know, till the end of time, as long as they were able to keep contracts and keep a good relationship with the gas company. And they definitely did that. Right. And, you know, for us, and just so other people know, like for us, it looked a lot different. Like Ben's weekly check might have been bigger than Cayman's, but we have these expenses. Plus, like Austin was off multiple times for like two weeks, a month, two months, all while Cayman had a consistent job. And that really, whenever, you know, stuff comes out in the wash, we've never compared our taxes, (laughs) but it's like, I guarantee you that whenever you go to talk about budgets and paying off debt and all that type of stuff, a lot of times that can be a lot easier to manage 
with a consistent paycheck because at least even if it's a touch smaller, you know what it's going to be and you know that it's going to be there. That's exactly right. I don't know. I'm just so excited that we're having this conversation because like whenever we're, I think, you know, we can only share our story on YouTube, but I've been, you know, chomping at the bit wanting to share other people's stories because I don't want people to think that, you know, we're always like very cautious to talk about the type of money that Austin makes. And it's not because we're trying to hide anything. It's just that we're not trying to glorify something that's not as exciting as what it may seem like. And I'm not saying that it's bad money either. Like it's a great living. You know, Austin has talked about how doing this and like finding welding and then pipeline has allowed him to like live the type of life that he hoped that he would be able to accomplish whenever he was a kid. You're always supposed to want to do better you know, better than the way you were raised. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you want, your parents want you to do better than they did. And you want your kids to do better than you did. You know, it's just the way, I guess, generations go on. And it's definitely a good, honest way to make a good living. And, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Kind of like you were saying, as far as us, with the idea of going on the road it is something that we've all talked about oh I mean I've definitely wanted to and kind of got a taste of it through the last company I worked for in Oklahoma we spent a little over a year working in Kansas worked up in Kansas City and then Coffeyville areas like that and it was kind of an excitement to get away from the normal area instead of just being strictly tied down to Oklahoma it was nice to get out there and weld in different areas see new things the consistency is definitely what kept me there kept me doing it for as long as I did and honestly it's something that I would go back to whenever you were traveling to those places were you in a hotel or were you in a camper at that time I was strictly in a hotel but the company I worked for paid for the hotel And that was the main reason we never looked into getting a camper. Did you go for weeks at a time or did you go and were like home on the weekends? I can't remember. For the most part, we just went five days a week and would be off on the weekends and get to come home. There was some times, you know, deadlines the way they are, where we would have to work weekends to where we wouldn't be able to go home. But for the majority of it, we were always able to go home and live, I guess you could say, as close to a normal life as possible. I mean, you weren't married at that time, but what you would have been, you would have been able to go, you know, back to your family. And you were able to like keep up with like some of your hobbies and stuff being as you had the weekend time and you were going back to like a home base. Oh yeah. I mean, I was still able to take care of my house. I was working on my house at that time and be able to help my grandpa bell hay and do chores around the place and do hobbies Mm -hmm. like you say I mean it was pretty handy how was hotel life was that like shocking or was it fine because you mostly worked or what do you remember having any thoughts or (laughs) like that whenever you first were staying in the hotel definitely was kind of an inconvenience I would say I mean it was nice you had a nice bed to sleep in and all that whole eating out 
thing all the time definitely wears on you. And that was probably my biggest negative towards staying in a hotel back then. And that's why I guess the push for me to get a fifth wheel for doing this type of work, that's why it's so important to me. Right, for sure. Yeah, I think we're just, I mean, we're home people, which on the road makes us camper people, I feel like. Yes. It just kind of, that's how it translates. Were you guys doing like new construction, mainline pipeline work with that company? I kind of came in on a project that had already been started in Kansas City. Trying to think about the time we were up there. I want to say it was around like March of 2014. We went up there and had a, it was a fabrication job, building metering skids and filter skids, converting a power plant to natural gas. It was all fabrication on that job. And then just the tie-ins out in the field. We were a pretty low man operation because there was, Two of us welders and one operator slash foreman, and we welded up, oh man, probably 2,500 feet of pipe, and then we hydro-tested it ourselves. We did all the fabrication, bolted it together, tested it ourselves, and even assembled it. I know there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't want to do that. I actually learned a ton from that job. Just the difference in fittings and valves and bolts and gaskets and something that I've always kind of enjoyed since I've been doing this is I kind of want to know how to do everything, whether it's testing pipe or welding or running equipment. I kind of want to know every single part of the whole deal. And I learned a ton from that. That's awesome. And is that whenever, did you do live work for that company too? Don't you call it like the live work or whatever where there's actually like stuff coming through the lines or that you have to bleed it off first? Not on that particular job. It, we got to work it where it was all valved off for tie-ins. For that job, we went straight to Coffeyville, Kansas, and there was 14 miles, I believed, from Coffeyville to Independence on a 12 inch line and we didn't lay 14 miles but we had to lay you know a couple thousand feet every so often there was several creek crossings where pipe was exposed and every single dish or reg regulator setting going to each little town or community we had to completely rebuild tie in and that line we did have to work live. We would valve off one side and weld fittings on a live main and then do the taps and stop them off for tie-ins. Depending upon internally how well it still is, if there's rust pitting or anything like that, or if they don't get all the shavings out, you're not going to get a good seal on the stopple equipment. And you definitely can have some fire, some bleed by, and my experience with valves, whenever you're shutting a valve off somewhere, you always have fire. Because very few times 
do they seal off completely. Like when you're welding the fitting on, they call it in-service welding because the line is still in service when you're welding to it, putting fittings on. And that was the same company that you worked for until you transferred and moved. Is that right? I went to work for another local company out of Bristow and worked there for two years. And primarily we worked for One Oak and worked out of their storage facility doing maintenance work on their piping inside the fence. Did basically rehab work, replaced a bunch of pipe that was already there. They were having trouble with it due to corrosion, things like that. But I worked there two years and went back to work for the other company for a short period of time. And that's when they transferred me to Arizona. It's so cool, like all the experience you have got. One thing that Austin always gets mad at me whenever I say this, but I feel like you might get the humor in it, maybe, or maybe I'm just a total jerk. But I told him that (laughs) so many of these guys who go straight to pipeline Like they get out of high school and they fall into it because, you know, their parents do it or their uncle does it or it's local to their area, whatever the reason is. That's like where they they go like straight into helping or basically what I'm saying is like that's where they learn to weld. And like that's the only thing that they've welded on. You can pigeonhole yourself into... And like, you know, I'm dramatic and I'm like, they only know how to weld in a circle. And I get that like, they know how to do more than that. But my point is, while there is a lot to learn on pipeline, even mainline, like you're in different situations, you know, all this different type of thing, all sorts of stuff that I didn't even know affected welding, like altitude, you have to deal with. And so you definitely have to learn things, but all the stuff that you did, like dealing with fabrication and, you know, doing this other type of work like in town. And then I just think that it's really cool to be that diverse. I'm definitely thankful for all the experience that I've had, whether it's welding on equipment, doing repair work to equipment, or even the structural welding, like the oil field type work. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people that have kind of a bad rap for people that work in the oil field, you know, and I'm actually pretty thankful that I did get to do all that type of work to where you can be diverse. You know how to do a little bit of everything to where basically you don't put all your eggs in one basket. If there's not work here, there's work there. And if you've kind of got to experience all of it, it just makes it that much easier to stay hired out all the time. You know, I feel like some people, they're just like, that's all I want to do is new construction or that's all I want to do is pipeline. And one thing that I've been saying again, because some of the people that follow us are younger kids and I'm like bank on and focus on welding as a trade because that will last you your entire life. And we don't ever know what's going to happen with pipeline or the oil field or whatever. Like things change drastically within one person's working lifetime. I just think like what you've done is really diversify and you like welding. Like, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, you like working outside and you like working off of a rig truck. So that gets you more and more niche each time you add one of those things. But 
it's still the same idea of keeping your options open. And it really also opens up the work field into having more options. If you don't just say, Oh, I'm only going to do one type of work. Being diversified. And I mean, just through my experience working for these local pipeline contractors, it's definitely kept me hired out all the time because whether they have jobs or not, they've kept me working, whether it's rebuilding equipment in their downtime or building pipe supports, the I-beam pipe supports, different things. If you're willing to do it, you know how to do it. Your value is a lot higher. If you're willing to stick around, they're willing to keep you around and keep you busy. Not all of them are that way. Some of them, as soon as the job's over, they're ready to cut everybody loose. Through my experience, if you're willing to do the work and you can do quality, good work where they can trust you, they know you're doing a good job all the time, you can stay working all the time. Did you find that you would be willing to stay? Like if it got slow and they were just going to, you know, they were going to give you some type of work, but it was primarily like to keep you busy and to keep you there. Did you find that other guys just dipped out or were they kind of like you in the sense that like they were cool with you know, doing other stuff and staying busy and staying on with the same company? It kind of varies different companies. Some guys, you know, if they're not welding pipe, they're not going to do it. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not who I am. I kind of want to stay steady and everybody needs a paycheck. And if they're willing to give me the work to do things that I'm willing to do it. And some guys, yeah, I mean, they'll stay at home until they finally have another pipeline job. And other guys are willing to do the same as me as well. It's kind of 50-50, I would say. And I'm not judging. I'm just kind of generalizing to try to give people like an idea of, you know, differences or whatever. But I've seen like what you're saying is like people, they don't want to go work anything, but like new construction, you know, pipeline work. But like they'll set at the house like all winter or like if pipeline's slow or, you know, like the bottom falls out or whatever. It's one of those things where, again, why I say bank on the trade is because if you have that and you, you know, have that in your back pocket and you aren't too quote unquote proud, which I'm literally doing air quotes because in my opinion, no work is like better than the other as far as like on a pedestal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think pipelines like above like working on drilling rigs, if you know what I mean. But like just saying, if you keep yourself open-minded, like you're more likely to be able to stay in a job because those companies still have stuff to do a lot of times. And if they're willing to keep you around and you're willing to do it, then like you said, you could do like you did and have really consistent income. Only time I've ever left a company is just for the way they treat their people, not because of the type of work necessarily, whether we're slow or busy, whether we're welding on pipe or welding on something else, you know, that part doesn't bother me. It's whenever they're disrespectful to their employees mm-hmm. is been mainly the only reason I've ever left a company other than to possibly better myself. Or where we can go next to change locations, which you didn't change company, but you transferred jobs. So how did that kind of work? Like if this is something that somebody was needing to do, did you go within the company 
or did you find out that they had work out there in Arizona and asked to be transferred? How did you kind of go about that? I tried doing it on my own. I tried contacting people out of Arizona, actually got a, a foreman's number through Austin that he got through someone else, kind of a friend of a friend to get this number and was in contact and never could make it work to where I could get a definite answer if I'd ever get hired or not. The guy that I worked for for several years, the area manager, actually had a bunch of work in Oklahoma and needed a hand and asked me if I would come back to work for him to get him out of a bind. And if I do that, that he could help me possibly get to Arizona. And of course, I jumped all over it because that's where Nicole was going to school. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to try and be there with her if possible. It was a win-win for me. But we were honestly expecting the process to be a lot longer than it was because I think I only worked two months before they transferred me to Arizona. So it happened way faster than expected and put my house on the market that sold the same day I put it on the market. So, I mean, everything kind of fell into place, but it was a very hectic time trying to get moved out and we just moved straight into our camper. We didn't have a house to live in anymore. That was about the time Nicole had to be in Arizona to start school. So I had to move her there and come back to work. And I had to fly back to do orientation to get transferred out there. It was kind of just a whirlwind trip for a while there and finally kind of settled down. Except for it hasn't settled down much. No, no, it really hasn't. (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) So for people who don't know, Nicole is Cayman's wife. Like we said, they just recently got married. And so she was going, needing to be in Arizona for school. And so then you went to orientation and then you ended up, like you said, pretty quickly moving out there. So you guys were living in a camper in Arizona And were you guys doing the same type of work for that company out there that you were in Oklahoma? Yes, it was a different gas company, but we were doing work in town, laying high-pressure gas lines for Southwest Gas in town. I came in about halfway through a project of putting three and a half miles of 12-inch in. To sum it up, we did basically the same exact work there as we did in Oklahoma. Then we get into like pretty close present day. I mean... How long were you there in Arizona working? I was there for nine months exactly. In a chain of events, I guess we could say, now you're on the road separate from Nicole on a pipeline job, right? And in a different camper. Yes, yes. (laughs) Now we have two campers. We each have our own separate camper. You know, (laughs) I mean, you never seemed high maintenance to me until now. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm totally Uh, kidding. Totally kidding. To be honest with you, I'm kind of glad that you guys both have your own camper because I've been seriously considering an office trailer that like allows me to have like a consistent office set up and then I don't have to have it in like in our other camper. And then it would allow me to like 
come home and like I wouldn't have to get hotel rooms whenever I was to and from because I've been going back and forth so much. Since you guys own two campers, I'm like, I mean, we could own two campers. That'd be fine. (laughs) Except for we have a house, so maybe that is way too much. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Scott, a different camper, which like I said, you'll have to take me on a tour of because I'm a total nerd about that type of thing. But, and then you went on the road right after the wedding i was literally there for a week and had the opportunity to come to wyoming to work and left nicole in arizona to be up here (laughs) yeah which is crazy and i want to talk about that like relationship wise but i have to ask i mean and you haven't done it too much yet you haven't like done the whole location hop but does it feel different Because I feel like Arizona, you kind of knew it was going to be, it only ended up being semi-permanent, but like you knew you were going to be there for a second. So does this feel different? It definitely does feel different. There's nothing wrong with Arizona, but I just didn't have a very good experience being there working and being up here to me almost feels more like being at home, I would say, besides the fact that I'm not with my wife. That's definitely the hardest part about the whole deal the area to be working in I definitely enjoy being up here a lot better yeah it's more rural because you were in town there right yeah yeah we were staying in Mesa and working all over Phoenix area and I mean I worked almost to Yuma as well just kind of all over Mm -hmm. Arizona there is way too many people there for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say this is probably way more rural and like home feeling. The towns are a little bit smaller and you know it's not as hot. Oh yeah, definitely. The heat especially. Because like you said, you were (laughs) you were like if one more person says something about how at least the heat is dry, it doesn't matter if it's dry if it's 115. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. When it's 115 in the shade it's hot. It's just hot. Yeah, you would send me Snapchats and I'm like, oh, mm-mm, nope, don't think so. That does not sound fun at all. <laughs> how long have you been there? Just like a month, two months? How what, what is, I've been what here. What is the date? I don't even it, know. Today is the 12th. By Friday, I will have been here exactly two months. Okay. Wow. It just goes by so fast. I know I'm such an old lady whenever I say that, but I can't help it. It's just crazy to me. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely catches up with you quick. I can't believe I've been here this long. Nicole is going to be on the podcast too, which I'm super excited about. But what's kind of been, you said it was hard. Was it, I know she's probably able to stay relatively busy with school, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is it just like not being with each other at, at night? Are the nights the hardest? Is it, do you think it's because you guys are newly married? Like what's kind of been the, hardest part that you can pinpoint well ever since we've lived because we did live together for i think a full year maybe Mm -hmm. two years before we got married and we just kind of got used to the everyday life of waking up and telling her goodbye and coming home to her after work you know and same thing even being in arizona yeah she was in school during the day But whenever I got off work, we got to hang out and could do something as simple as watch TV or go to the park with the dog. Just 
being together was great. And then after that much time of kind of quote unquote normal life to not be together for long periods of time, it's definitely been tough for us both to adjust to that. Speaking of, I didn't forget about Hopi, but is Hopi with Nicole? Yes. Yep. She's with her. Gotcha. That's their pup. That's so cute. (laughs) So cute. Yeah. And I see you're a homebody kind of, well, I don't want to put that label on you if you're not, but you seem like a homebody like me and Austin where like you guys are just cool with just like you're saying, just being at home and spending time. And if you're that type of person, like if you're not somebody who like wants to go out to eat all the time and like go out on the weekends, there's not as much to not that there's not stuff to do, but it's like, that's not the stuff you want to do. Like you just want to go home after work, but then there's nobody there. Thankfully, technology helps with that. Some, I mean, we both have iPhones. So when she's at a class and I'm home at a decent hour, we'll try and FaceTime each other every night. And that definitely makes it not quite as tough to where we can have that visual contact. Isn't that wild how much that helps? Oh, yeah. I kind of feel like an idiot because, you know, whenever Austin first left for Pennsylvania, that was like right before our wedding. And we struggled. It was so hard, like so stinking hard. And then even after, and that was in 2012, but it's not like, I'm pretty sure Skype and maybe even FaceTime existed back then, but we didn't use it. And now I kind of feel like an idiot because we made it harder on ourselves because we didn't use that piece of technology that really just makes a world of difference. Like it's crazy how much difference it makes. Don't get me wrong. It's great to be able to talk on the phone, but it definitely does not compare to being able to see their face whenever you're talking to them because it kind of makes you almost feel like they're there with you. Yeah, it is wild how much different it can feel. Like Austin and I will still do it. I think just because it's like old habits and because, you know, I don't know, maybe we're just old fashioned. We don't think about technology first, but like there's some nights even still, because we've spent a lot of time apart this year that we'll just talk on the phone and a couple days will go by. And I'm like, why? Like we aren't communicating well or something like that. And I'm like, why haven't we just been FaceTiming? Like that just helps so much and we haven't been doing it. And it's, you know, essentially free since we're talking to each other. So there's less distractions that way. Cause I know talking on the phone, I can think of things I need to be doing and get distracted where FaceTime and you're, looking at the other person and they are your attention. That is such a good point. Such a good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's totally true. Like you can get, yeah, I'm just sitting here like light bulb moment. Hello. Well, I'm glad you guys have had that, but I know still that that doesn't replace being together. What's you guys is like, what are the conversations like as far as quote unquote plans, which is laughable in the pipeline world, we all know, but to like to see each other, is it like last minute plane tickets or kind of just looking forward to the holidays or what is y'all's kind of game plan, so to speak? Well, on my end, it's always subject to change. On hers, she kind of has more of a planned schedule. She will actually be up here 
in two weeks, she has two weeks off for one of her breaks with school. And she's actually going to come up here and hang out with me for those two weeks. And then she'll go back. And then after that, if we stay hooked up busy, then I probably won't be able to see her until I would say Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's a good, that's a good long break. You know, that'll be awesome. Definitely. Even if you have to work like the whole time, like you said, you get your evenings and that's going to feel like tons of time compared to not spending any time together. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely got to be thankful for what you can get, even if it's only four hours in evening and waking up in the morning. That's yes. it's definitely worth it. Let's say you stay with this whole, you know, like jumping, you know, more moving around than what you have in the past. Do you have any like initial fears or curiosity about what that's going to look like for like financial things that then filter into things like taking time off and going on vacation and, you know, all that type of stuff? since it's different? Yeah, it's definitely a lot more to think about and keep in mind in comparison to what I've been used to. Definitely have to be better at planning, budgeting, and all of that. I would think it would be a slightly fearful for everyone. Just got to remain faithful would be, that's how I am. I mean, I just got to be faithful that there is a plan and something else will work out whenever one door closes, another one opens. Everywhere I've worked, I've tried to keep good relations and not burn bridges when moving around. So I know if this work slows down or doesn't pan out, I know I could at least go back to where I came from. And that is a good feeling. But yeah, yeah it's definitely way different. I think that's a question that I'm like curious to ask you like a year or so from now, just to like get your different perspective since ours is only like, has only been very one way for so long, you know, we'll have to come revisit that question like in a year or so to see if it's like how you thought it was going to be, or if it was different and kind of like what you learned how to like navigate it and make it work for you instead of just driving you bananas. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because I definitely don't like being off work for very long. Yeah, you never have. I mean, you just never have. But do you think you will, like with living apart, do you think you'll want to like kind of, you know, this is something that Austin and I haven't necessarily done well, but it's been okay because I travel with him for the most part, is, you know, him staying busy, like basically as much as he can throughout the year. But do you think you guys being separate, you will try to like budget in to where you can take off, like not exceed a lifestyle that doesn't allow you to take off a couple months a year? Or what do you think that's going to look like? You know, that's something we really haven't, as far as me and Nicole, we really haven't talked about a whole lot. Of course, we want to spend time with each other. And, you know, if I were to get laid off or whatever, that I probably would try and take the opportunity to go back and spend some time with her. But for the most part, it feels like a long time, but it is temporary. We're going to try and power through it and may stay as busy as possible to where when she's finally done with school, we can maybe 
kind of slow down a little bit and see where life takes us afterward. We would definitely like to settle down and have more of a normal life if possible. You know, why she's busy with school, you busy with work for the next couple of years and then kind of find a home base like wherever she's going to do her practice and then you either find something local again in that area or get to a place to where you're not gone as much like all year long. Exactly. Exactly. That makes total sense. You know, I used to tell Austin, like you guys have been talking about pipeline for so long. And whenever I was in school, I practically begged him (laughs) at one point to go ahead and go because like he was talking about it, which by the way, it's hilarious that I thought that I kind of had a grasp on like what it would be like. I had no flipping clue, (laughs) but I had this idea. And I think I even said this to you guys that I was like, I am so busy with school and it needed to be my focus because you're paying for it, right? Like you're paying all this money and you're going to these classes and then you have to you know, you have to continue that after hours and do your homework and study for exams and all that type of stuff. And it's like, I know that I don't have the time to put into a relationship. I could if I wasn't in school. So it would be okay if you weren't here full time because like you're saying is like you kind of just buckle down and say, okay, we're both busy. It's not that we're not going to pour into our relationship and that we don't care about each other, anything like that. It's just saying for this period of time, like this is what we're going to do. And which the story goes, he didn't leave. But I just think that like you guys are so smart in the sense of just making that call. And I know, or I think I know that you're happier where you are now. And we all know that that really like makes a difference with your quality of life. You doing that and then her doing school and since she's busy, like you can stay out and stay busy and it kind of just works. Exactly. And I know just as long as Nicole and I have been together, our quote unquote disagreements or if we ever have any problems, it's all due to communication. And that's something we both try to drive into each other's heads and stay true to each other with the communication because whenever we don't that's whenever we may have some conflict but you know we improve every day but have done very well at that to where we both know what's going on and being apart it just makes things so much easier with the communication right and it's not that It's kind of like Austin and I did an episode a couple episodes back about living apart. And it's kind of one of those things where it's not easy. It doesn't feel natural. But if you have a common goal and you can both like keep that in mind and like you said, keep the communication open, we're the same way where most of the fights is a communication problem, not a problem of oh my God, I cannot deal with you being on the road anymore. Like I am over it, you know? And even if that is something that comes out of somebody's mouth, it's still almost not the problem. It's just needing to like realign and say, okay, like, I'm sorry. I will try to do better at making sure that you know that I think about you during the day or whatever, whatever the thing is. I don't know if that's kind of what you're saying, but I know that that's kind of been the thing with us is if we can just like, you know, get on the FaceTime, look at each other in the face and realize that 
the other person isn't being sarcastic or being a jerk or whatever and just be like, okay, like we can make this work. Like we love each other. We have a common goal. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like back on track. It definitely makes a huge difference. Part of the communication is the making time for the other one to where they do feel like you are thinking about them and that they are special and not just I'm gone. So I'm not going to talk to you. You know, that's right. That's definitely something we try to stay on top of. And I'm not always the best at it. Sometimes I'll have distractions, whether it's working late or having to run to the grocery store, but I definitely try to do my best to always make it a point whether it's a phone call or FaceTime or whatever it is, to do that every day to where being apart isn't as hard. Yeah, you definitely have to be proactive about your relationship whenever you're, you know, living separately and just living like kind of an unconventional lifestyle in general, you know, because you're the only two people who understand exactly what you're doing and exactly how you're doing it. I'm so excited for you guys, and I'm glad that you found something. Now I'm just a little bit jealous and ready for you and Austin to get on a job together. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, gosh dang it, I'm jealous of Brooke and Rodney because I want to be on a job with Cayman. <laughs> kind of been a dream of ours forever for us all to work together. Oh, I know. And then eventually it would be awesome if like all of us, like Brooke and Ronnie, you, us, we were all in the same place because that would just be crazy and something that, you know, I know you three guys have like all talked about. And of course I was in for it because I am friends with you. Like I always tell people, Cayman is not just my friend because Austin's my husband. Like Cayman was my friend before Austin was my husband. One day, one day I'm still holding that hope. (laughs) I'm, I am too. I am too. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yes, I'm going to hold out hope because that just sounds like tons of fun. We can, I don't even want to say that. We, we're not going to relive our college years. I don't think my college years, y'all's 20s, I don't think any of us necessarily want to go back and relive the activities that we were actually doing, but just the friendship in person would be a good time. Well, do you have any like last maybe a a kid that is interested in welding or pipeline that's like coming out of high school has been to welding school or thinking about it and is looking forward to a career in this industry is there any like tips or things that you would just want them to know trying to think of the best advice i can give i i would say you know because it comes easier for others and a lot harder for others to get started and get out there if it's something that you're passionate about don't lose sight in it do not give up because it is obtainable it's just like i said earlier it's all a matter of time it's all timing and just talk to people it's amazing the contacts that you can find that somebody knows somebody that can get you in contact and you know it may not be exactly you know you might not graduate high school and go straight to pipelining but you might be able to get on a pipeline and be a swamper be a helper or something like that to where you know if you have that goal in mind 
it's, you know, kind of a stair step to get where you want. It might not be exactly where you want to be, but if you want it bad enough, you can kind of fight through that and keep trying and keep working hard and you can get exactly where you want to be. Yes, I agree. I'm like cheering over here. All the yeses. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And thank you so much for sharing your story and your advice and all those good things. And we're just excited. I'm thankful to be your friend and to have you guys and to be able to go to your wedding and do those type of like, you know, real life things with you. And then also looking forward to the future where maybe we can like live together and work on the same job. <laughs> but I Definitely. just think, thank you so much for coming on here. I know you just worked a full day and came straight home and got on here to talk with us. So I'm just really thankful. Thank you. Well, I'm honored that you wanted to interview me. So I, I sure appreciate it. Oh, of course. Of course. You're one of my favorite humans ever. Isn't Cayman awesome? I am so glad that he was able to come on here and thankful that he was willing to do it right after work so he could get it in this week. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing more about him and what he had to say about finding local work and the differences and the tips that he would give to somebody just starting out. You can always leave a message for him via review wherever you are listening to podcasts on our YouTube channel or on any of our social medias. I will make sure to pass it along to him if you guys send it my way. But thank you so much for listening and I hope to talk to you guys next week. I hope this conversation found you right where you are. Join us to celebrate and support one another on the road to life well lived. You can join in more with our community by visiting industrialtradition.com slash subscribe and we will send you over all the ways you can hang out with us during the week. I'll be back here same time next week for another episode. Now it's time to push back your seat and go live your industrial tradition. Industrial Tradition.